This is the PR Podcast, a show about how public relations helps you tell your story to the world. We talk with great PR practitioners who have the skills, creativity, and just plain savvy to get their clients noticed. Now here's your host, Jody Fisher. Hey, everyone, and welcome to the PR Podcast. I'm Jody Fisher. Thanks for joining us. Well, a shout out and a PR Podcast plug this week goes out to Dan Toomey and the crew over at Morning Brew's Good Work. Now, they recently featured me in a video that they did about the Forbes 30 under 30 list. And in their words, whether or not it's a scam, um, they were kind enough to include my comments in there. Um, and I think uh, subtext, they think I look like Woody Harrelson. Well, I think Woody's probably a little offended, but in any case, uh, thank you to Dan and thank you to Morning Brew and thank you to the Good Work folks. Um, check them out on all the socials at Good Work MB. Subscribe to Morning Brew. I get their email every single morning, required reading as far as I'm concerned, and their socials are just terrific. So thank you again for them and check them out. Now, if you want to be featured with a PR podcast plug in an upcoming show, uh, send an email to Jody at JodyFisherPR.com or reach out on one of the socials. The PR podcast is plug is there for us it's there for us to plug the stuff that we love to do uh, not the nine to five it's it's the passion project right it's the in my case it's the podcast right but it could be your your ukulele tiktok channel it could be anything that you enjoy doing right so we want to love on you we want to we want to send some uh, some traffic your way we want to send some love your way so let us know and we'll get you a pr podcast plug in an upcoming episode now enough about me let's get on with our show for today barry cohen is ceo of bc public relations based in denver where she and her firm guide clients in crafting strong and authentic brands founded on creativity customization and collaboration her passion for positive publicity oh i love that and storytelling has created countless opportunities for her clients including features in cosmopolitan muscle and fitness magazine huffington post and more she has worked with large private practice physician groups small business owners as well as world champion mma fighter george st pierre boy i hope i said that right barry welcome to the pr podcast Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited. Did I screw up his name? Because he's an MMA fighter. No. <laughs> he's going to come looking for me if I did. No, that was perfect. Okay, great, great. <laughs> so so tell us about, uh, I, I love I love in the intro what we said about positive publicity, because that's what I like. And I think for, the, for the, a lot of us PR people, we like telling positive stories, right? There are people who work in crisis, but even the folks who work in crisis, um, want to turn that around to tell a positive story. How do you approach telling positive stories with your clients? How do you dig into them and say, okay, what stories are we going to tell about you? Yeah, I think that's a great question because I, I think there's sometimes a misconception about PR and people creating smear campaigns or, you know, when it comes to crisis communications where people are really trying to focus on the other guy as opposed to really telling the story of their clients. And to me, that's just, it's not worth it, right? It's just not going to put your clients in the best light. So really any type of business, whether it's a personal brand, an individual, a small company, I really like to work with them to find those unique aspects and pull those out. So what is it that makes your business or that makes you unique within your niche or your industry? And how can we focus on that? And then really finding your voice within that space to get that message out there. So it, you know, it takes a little bit of a spin. Obviously, I think that's part of PR. You know, that's our goal is to kind of create that spin, create that angle, but always making sure that we're highlighting the client in their best light. 
And so let's get in. I totally agree. So let's get into ba- about how you use that that thought process to elevate the brand, and uh, you know the strategies that you employ for cultivating strong and authentic reputations, which is really what PR people are all about. Sure. I think the biggest thing is creating clear and concise messaging. I think a lot of times we see one thing on social media and then one thing on a website, and then the publicist is sending out information to the media that doesn't match up. And so I think the biggest thing is on all touch points, all points of the marketing, whether it's the website, your email newsletter, your social media, whatever pitches are going out, that the messaging and how you're framing your story is the same. It has to be consistent because that's where we'll find the holes. That's where people will latch on to and focus on as opposed to the things that are really great about you. That's what we want the media to focus on, but they're going to focus on those things. Well, hey, why does your website say you work with X clientele, but when you send this to me, your audience is different. So it's really making sure that across all those mediums that we're consistent. I use the analogy that reporters and when it comes to community relations, community boards love to do math. In other words, they love to figure out why two plus two doesn't equal four. They love to try to find that um, because that's where the friction lies. And for the reporter, that's where the friction in the story lies. And you got to have a little bit of friction in a story to make it interesting. But But like you said, you open up enough of a door there and man, they're right in. And we want to control the narrative around that friction, right? Like we want to give them that friction because it makes an exciting story, but we want to make sure that what we're giving them, again, supports the client. So I think that's where you find that weakness a lot of times is is the consistency in messaging. So that's my first, that's the first go-to is making sure once I get a new client, does everything sound the same? Are we saying the same thing? Are we targeting the same audience? Um, What are the things we don't want to say? I think that's a really good question that, people don't get asked in their business. Like where are the areas that we don't want to focus on? Is there verbiage um, or phrases that you don't like? You know, I know some people don't like the word thought leader. So like, we're not going to use that. So things like that, where we really have to make sure that, you know, we're representing the client, whatever they say goes. So we just have to make sure we're on the same page. Yeah. And and you uh, wanted to talk about some insider secrets of media relations. I know, do you have some proven techniques or some ways that you you talked about how you start to onboard maybe there and asking those questions. But what are some of the secret sauce ways that Barry Cohen gets positive publicity or positive storylines? You sort of pulled out of the clients and then served over to the to the media. I think the biggest challenge today is is obviously we've seen even in the last few years that media has changed dramatically. The same contacts that I had years ago no longer work at certain publications or they don't cover the same beat. Or topic. So I think what's super critical for us is to make sure that um, we do the research. And that might take a little extra time, but it's very valuable when it comes to figuring out what reporters cover specific stories, reading their stories, and really seeing what are the angles. And then even going to the next level of like getting to know them a little bit on a personal level. Since we have social media, journalists are putting out, you know, what foundations they support, what causes they support, their interests. So really looking into those things and weaving that potentially into a topic that we're pitching, I think is really critical today and just shows that you've done your homework. Um, That might not be an insider secret, but I think so many PR professionals don't do that. And they just send out pitches constantly to people who don't cover those stories. And it's a waste of your client's time and it's a waste of your time. So I think going that extra mile and doing that extra research and seeing who you're really sending things out to 
is it's essential. I mean, you have to do it. Yeah, I uh, side note, I, I created a relationship with a reporter who covered repeatedly covered a client of mine. Um, and then we stumbled in our conversation on the fact that we both love Star Wars and Marvel, and we both have a little bit of the same ethnic heritage, if you can believe it. And boom, we're like off like a shot. And he doesn't even write for that publication anymore. We are terrific friends. <laughs> yeah. Like we, you know, and that, and I think that that's part of what we do. That's also, however, part of the um, the pop culture misrepresentation of what PR people do. Um, yes. We don't just go to parties like Samantha on Sex and the City. Did I get that character right? We yes. don't. Wouldn't that be so fun though if we did oh, all be the time? Uh, so well, glamorous. No, actually, I just like I to wish. sit on my couch and watch movies, but <laughs> I know. <laughs> but but seriously, we you know we there's this misrepresentation I think of what PR people do, um, and I think maybe it just comes out of sort of. Um, what you were just saying that by creating relationships and sort of taking that to the nth degree. And that's all we do is create relationships. And it's not the case. I think so. And I think there's so much behind the scenes of what PR people do that you don't see, right? We see, you know, publicists representing celebrities and the parties, like you said, and all that fun stuff. But to get to that fun stuff, first of all, most of us don't even get to that fun stuff. And if we do, there's so much behind the scenes, like just to get from you know, writing a pitch to the end result of an of an interview and having that clip, there's so much that goes in the in-between that I think clients don't realize and just the general public don't really understand what we do from start to finish. And so is there a conversation you have to have with your clients about all that behind the scenes work that you do to kind of adjust their expectation or, or, or uh, examine their expectation on how quickly things are going to happen for them? I mean, talk, talk us through the conversation that you have with clients on that. Absolutely. For me, transparency is super important. I think that's what we build our business on. Um, I've worked for other PR firms where they promised the moon and the stars and didn't deliver and clients were unhappy. And I've seen it firsthand how that can go wrong. So I think it's super important um, to have those conversations. So what that looks like is before a client even gets on board during the proposal process, I'll usually go through with them what it all looks like. So we'll write the pitches, what the pitches look like, how we send them out, that process of timeframe. So the idea that it could take three to four weeks for a pitch to get picked up. Like it doesn't happen tomorrow. And that's, I mean, that's a really nice average. Sometimes it does happen quicker. Sometimes it happens longer. So just having those expectations of this is a long-term solution for your marketing. This is not social media where you put a post out tomorrow. This is a long-term relationship that we're going to have where we're building up your presence, we're building up your reputation and creating those stories about you, but that takes time. So you have to take the journey with us. This is not something that we can just make a phone call and it happens tomorrow. So I think really being honest about that and showing them the process along the way I think too, communication is super critical. So I make sure that with clients, we do at least bi-weekly updates. Since we're not in an office with them or a space with them, I mean, most of us are working remote, clients often don't know what we're doing on a daily basis. And so I think it's really good to have that consistent communication where we're telling them, hey, here's who we're reaching out to, here's where we're getting stuck. You know, this pitch didn't work, so we're gonna pivot and send something else out. You know, what do you think about this? And really having that collaborative relationship so that they're, in tune with the work that we're doing. 
Could not agree more. Um, that said, as you're working through um, sending out those pitches, as you're working through those relationships, as you're updating your clients, um, and as you're trying to navigate, I'll say, you know, keep the car on the road, right? Make sure that you're driving in that right direction. So you say sometimes you got to take some risks. Sometimes you got to you know, put something out there that maybe is a little unexpected or a little different uh, because that's kind of what catches the eye. Talk about taking risks in your business. Wow, that's a great, I mean, that's a great question. And I, I could probably answer that in a few different ways. I think one way, you know, I think clients sometimes have this idea of what they think is the story, right? And it's our job to maybe steer them in a different direction and find those angles that, you know, are a little more interesting, a little more hard hitting. So I think sometimes the risk is while your client may want one story or one angle out there, it's not going against what they want, but just crafting it in a way that you think will be the most interesting or most um, engaging with the media. That doesn't mean we wouldn't let them know, but sometimes we have to deviate a little bit from what they expect the story to be um, and just telling them, trust us. I think so many people get so deep in their business and your focus should be your business. The PR should be our focus. That's why you hired us. So I think there needs to be that relinquishing of control and just trusting us to craft that angle and story. Um, and take that risk for you, knowing that it's probably going to pay off more than what you you think the story actually is. I think the risk also, too, is sometimes with the media is engaging them in a way that's not traditional. I think people are using social media a lot more to engage with media today than they ever have. And that's just not what was common before. You know, you would send an email, you would call someone. Now, I think, you know, people are sending DMs on LinkedIn, on Instagram to media, that's kind of risky, right? That's a little more personal. It might feel a little weirder <laughs> in the sense of what traditional PR looks like, but it can really pay off if, again, whatever you're sending them is written really, really well. I, I will second that whole, you know, texting or DMing or whatever. I have had um, multiple reporters locally here in my market, especially all the TV reporters. They'll say, send me the advisory, send me the release, send me the pitch on email, and then text me. Yep. So I know because I've got 500 emails a day that all look like yours that I got to go through and I might miss it. But if you text me to say it's in your email, I'm going to toggle over, I'm going to find it, and I'm going to flag it. So at least I know I can put that in the queue to pitch to my editor. 100%. It's it's a little different. It might be out of your comfort zone, but it's just the way that media has evolved in the last few years. Uh, share with us a little bit about sort of the areas that you work in, because um, you're kind of like me as you're across, you have a wide breadth of different types of topics or verticals that you work in. Um, share with us a little bit of the different types of verticals that you work in and maybe how you treat them a little bit differently um, if you do, if you do. So when you say verticals, are you speaking? Are you speaking about like media well, relations so for, and stuff like that, or, yeah, well, no, or just for, for, like subject matter? So for example, oh, so I work in different verticals: healthcare, higher ed, financial perfect. services. Okay. Um, yep. uh, I do some nonprofit. I do some real estate and construction, right? And so those you and can I are be, the same. Yeah. 
right? We're the same. And like, so, so mainstream wise, sure. Geographically, we're pitching to the daily newspaper in that geographic area or what have you, but you're also going to the beat writers. You're also going to the Mm. industry publications. You're going to lots of different, and you treat those in different ways. How do you go about handling that with your clients and getting them in the places you want them, they want to be? Sure. Yeah. So very much like you, I work in, in a lot of different industries. When I first started, I was mainly in health and wellness. So, um, physician practices, med spas, dermatologists, uh, plastic surgeons. And then over the years, it's kind of transitioned to, um, more lifestyle. So finance, nonprofit, a lot of individual brands and personal brands now. So I think in every market, obviously they're all in different markets. So those local markets, great. They all work nationally, but it's really finding those niche publications that they work for. So usually during the client onboarding process, we put together a PR plan and we do like a PR brainstorming and we really pull out the areas of their business, whether it's a particular service or um, a a product or just topics that they really want to focus on and then finding those particular publications or outlets that fit with that. So for example, um, I work with a psychologist in Canada. So she's breaking out into the U.S. market. So we're looking at big national publications and she speaks about a variety of topics in psychology. So we look at, you know, we can focus on mental health and wellness publications. We can focus on women's publications and she's a woman and appeals very much to that demographic. We look at her business, so business profiles and things like that. So we kind of pull up all these areas and that happens usually during um, this brainstorming process that I like to do with clients to really pull out those things. Again, that make them unique that we want to highlight. And then just going through our own databases and seeing you know, who are the best reporters that we really want to reach out to, who are the people that we have great relationships with that we think these stories would land, and then where are other publications that we might not have contacted before that we should because our client really fits into that. And so reaching out um, to promote those different types of clients, there are some reporter relationships that you might already have, but there's always people, like you said, move to different publications, new people throttle in. And and so you need to cold email a bit. Um, I know that you're a fan of that. You're also a fan of the cold email to build your business. And I wonder if you could talk a little bit about how you approach the cold email, whether it's to the reporter or to the business prospect. This might be an unpopular opinion about cold emailing. I mean, I've just found success in it. So I, I think it does work in some ways. When it comes to the media, again, it goes back to that idea of doing the research. So you may have that contact information, but if we haven't had a relationship with them, I think what's really nice is before even sending that pitch, it's good just to introduce yourself, like get to know them. We're all humans. We want to create that human connection. So before going straight into that pitch, I think it's great to just send an email that's like, hey, here's who I am here, who I represent. Maybe there's a fit, maybe there's not, but let's just get to know each other and kind of start to create that relationship and then say, do you mind me sending along some pitches? I think that's a really great way to approach it. So the cold email feels a little less cold. Maybe it's a warm, a warmer email. Um, I think with cold emailing with your business. So when I first started out, um, I had a very small pool of previous clients that I would worked with, but I was really trying to make those relationships. And so while it was great to go within, you know, my own network, family, friends, people I kind of knew, that kind of stops, right? There, you can only go so far. So I found that really 
honing in on the types of businesses that I wanted to work with. So at that time, um, I was doing a lot with plastic surgeons and dermatologists. Um, I was based in the Philly area when I first started. And so when I went out on my own, I really just made a list of those practices in that area. And I would email like 20 to 30 a day, again, introducing myself, just getting to know them, offering my services and just saying, Hey, if you want to have a call so we can get to know each other, that would be great. Um, and I got a lot of no's, but I also got a lot of yeses. A few of my first clients were cold emails. And it was, I think a lot because of how I wrote my email and the approachability, but I just wasn't scared about someone saying no, the worst they could say is no. And I'd move on to the next one. And it was just a great way for me to start to make connections in the area that I didn't have. Well, we're, uh, we're PR people. We, we live and breathe. No. And, but, but I got to tell you too, um, I, I love that perspective about reaching out to people you don't necessarily know with not just a, Hey, you want to buy my thing, but Hey, here's who I am. Here's what I do. Um, maybe you find value in it. Uh, and especially to the reporter. Um, I think a reporter would probably, especially one who's either new to a publication, new to a beat, or just new to the relationship and maybe your clients pointing out the fact that, hey, I represent these clients. I know you write about this. If you ever have a need for them, here they are. Um, I, I would venture a guess and having been a reporter myself, love to have those resources at your fingertips yeah. because every once in a while, there's that breaking news that happens where you need an expert on such and such. And guess what? First one across the finish line wins. So you're going to reach out to those few and, and whoever's on the phone with you first gets the quote. Yep. And they'll come back to you tenfold. I mean, I have freelancers who we've done that. And now like every month they'll come back and say, Hey, is so-and-so available for this story? And it just builds that long-term relationship. Always like to end the conversation with a little bit of forward looking in terms of, you know, where um, things are going, uh, for the rest of the year and, and not, you're not looking into an economic crystal ball. We're talking about how <laughs> PR is going. And I know you're based in Denver. Um, want to get some thoughts on the PR industry, uh, the media industry, mm -hmm. what you're seeing, any trends you're seeing out there, you know, how are things looking from where you are? Yeah, it's a really interesting media market in Denver since we're smaller. So the stories tend to be very human focused and that doesn't seem to be changing. Um, so it's less about selling something and more about really having that human connection piece in it. So I'm finding that a lot of stories today, they want not just your client, but they want someone that your client has worked with or someone else that your client knows to kind of round that story out to make it really well-rounded um, and robust as opposed to just your client as a talking head speaking about a specific topic. So I think that's what we're seeing a lot out here. Um, we're also seeing a younger generation of reporters. I think that's everywhere, but Denver's a very young market. So we're seeing a lot of reporters that are young and doing it all. So I'm finding because we have such small TV stations that they're reporting, they're editing, they're shooting the video, they're doing all of it themselves, which I think is a trend as a whole across the country, but out here it's really big. And so it's also really nice because we're making those really solid relationships out here with these reporters um, who just need stories. Like they're just getting into the industry. So they really need stories. So it also gives us a lot of opportunity to get our clients out there, which is, I mean, it's hard in general, but it's nice to kind of have that. 
great insight to have, uh, especially into the Denver market. And this has been a great conversation, Barry. Thank you so much. We are going to segue now into the rapid fire question portion of our podcast. This is where we steal a page from inside the actor studio, ask our guests a series of rapid fire questions meant to elicit a simple answer, maybe a laugh or two, hopefully, with your indulgence, Barry Cohen. Let's find out. Rapid fire question number one What's your favorite news source? Um, so I'm super into health and wellness and love all things skincare and all that fun stuff. So Well and Good is fabulous online platform for health and wellness news if you haven't checked it out. Good one. Good one. Rapid fire question number two. What's your favorite social media platform? Probably Instagram. Have you yeah. been on threads? See, okay, I this is probably unpopular. So I'm probably the only PR person who just doesn't love social media as much as others. <laughs> I'm not glued to it. That is not enough. That is not an uncommon opinion these yeah. days, but go ahead. Oh, I'm just not glued to it. I love just living my life and posting very infrequently. So to take threads on, I just don't, I don't know if I can do it. I don't know if I have capacity. <laughs> yeah. As as we're taping this, um, threads just launched in the last 48 hours. And, you know, I, I've jumped on there. It's very Twitter-esque. Obviously, it's meant to take on Twitter. Um, I think that, um, you know, the jury's still out in terms of how effective that it will be. But it is very a very busy place. I will say that I see a lot more of the people I want to be connected with on there. Um, but, you know, I, I'm sure the brands, I saw the brands jumping on all afternoon, uh, you know, day of launch. So yeah. we'll see how it all fleshes out. We'll be watching. Um, I did not need another social media platform to manage though. <laughs> no, like not at all. Um, I have an amazing social media manager um, who handles all our accounts and poor thing. If I tell her to add threads, I don't know. <laughs> I don't, I don't right, know well, if she'll is, be on board. <laughs> this is not about me. This is about you. Rapid fire question. Number three for Barry Cohen, coffee or alcohol? Alcohol. I'm not a big drinker, but love red wine. Very good. Rapid fire question number four. What's your favorite on the run food? Cheese sticks. <laughs> oh, cheese sticks. Well, because you are a Philly transplant. So there you go. All yeah, right. I, so, so now I, you bring up Philly cheese sticks. All right. Um, Pats or Gino's? Neither. Jim's. Nice. Again, might not be popular. Um, What's on the cheese stick? Mm. Like onions and cheese. I know that's like not, it's not great. It's okay. I don't really eat them often, but um, yeah, I guess that, I guess that would be my, my order, but not the fake cheese, not that canned oh, no, cheese no. stuff. You know, right. that's gross. <laughs> All right. And rapid fire question number five, what do you want to be after you finish this career? Oh my God. So many options. Um, here's a funny story. So when I was a kid, I wanted to be three things. I wanted to be a veterinarian, a waitress, and a princess. Was neither of those um, a waitress, but yes. So maybe a princess, maybe maybe going back to that, if that's even possible. Um, I don't know what my husband would think about that, but could be, could be the future or just a, a travel junkie. I just want to travel the world. So whatever career could give me that. Princess of travel. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> Done. Well, Perfect. Barry, this has been a great conversation. Please let people know how they can find you online. 
Perfect. So they can go to my website. It's bcpublicrelations.com or send me an email at barry at barrycohen.com or check out social on Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn. Fantastic. We'll look you up. Thanks again, Barry. And thank you, everyone, for listening. Please remember to subscribe to the show. Connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Uh, and not Fred yet, but we'll see at the PR Podcast. Our intro is by Christopher Apple. You can find him and his fantastic photography on Instagram at Christopher underscore H-O-L-E-C. Check him out there and hire him for all of your photography needs. You can find me online at Jody Fisher on all the socials and on the web at jodyfisherpr.com. We'll see you next time on the PR Podcast.